Are you in need of a top dog electrician? Because for over 35 years, Piper Electric has been the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contract company in the Denver community. If you call 303-646-6765 right now, they will give you the BSN back-to-school hookup, which saves you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. So don't forget, give them a call. 303-646-6765, and you can receive 20% off your next service call. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here on a Thursday. As always, we are presented by Total Beverage. Right now, BSN listeners can get 30% off their purchase of $25 or more by using the code BSN2019. Do that online or on the Total Beverage app. And of course, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area. They also have CBD products as well. Make sure to Hit them up this weekend for all your liquor, wine, beer, spirits, needs, or CBD as well. They have that too. On Wednesday's show, on yesterday's show, if you guys listened to it, or in case you didn't, I ran down my predictions for how the Nuggets will distribute minutes for their starting group, uh, beginning to kind of predict what the Nuggets rotation will look like for next season. So I tackled the five starters on Wednesday, turned my attention to the bench today. So on today's show, I'll give you guys a rundown of how I envision or how I'm speculating the Nuggets divvy out minutes with that bench unit. As I teased on Wednesday's show, I think Denver will rely on their bench a lot this season, a lot more than really any other team in the league or most other teams in the league for a couple reasons, but mainly just to try to stay as healthy as possible and keep their top guys as healthy as possible for the season and obviously into the playoffs and whatnot. And honestly, also try to conserve a little energy for the playoffs, which they got a taste of last season. So I'll get into the bench momentarily. First, I want to get to a question that came in from one of our subscribers, Connor Ducey, a loyal listener of the BSN Nuggets podcast. I think a lot of the podcasts on the BSN Denver podcast network. And I do want to remind you guys, if you are a subscriber to BSN Denver. We want to hear from you. We want your questions. So leave any questions, comments, nuggets, takes on bsndenver.com in the comment section on the site at the bottom of where this podcast will live or where any of our stories are on the site. That comment section is only open to BSN Denver subscribers. And I'll get to your guys' questions before the first break on every one of our shows. Everybody else, first off, you should be a subscriber. But if you're not, you can send me questions at Harrison Wind on Twitter or in my email, wind.bsendenver.com. But Connor writes, in response to the question about trading Barton, if Michael Porter Jr. looks good, I actually think the most pressing question is if you see a scenario where the Nuggets are paying all of Harris, Barton, and Beasley. I love Barton, but I don't think he is a contender level starting three, and I think Beasley is going to be due a deal similar to Karis LeVert's at minimum. That's a ton of money to put into the guard position, so do you think one of Barton or Beasley would be likely trade candidates? To get to the first part of that question there, could I see a scenario where Denver's paying Harris, Barton, and Beasley at the same time? I could, mainly because of what the Nuggets cap situation looks like going forward, because Paul Millsap will be off the books next season. Mason Plumley, he's entering the last year of his deal this year. Wancho, who knows if he'll be around long term. So there's going to be a little bit of flexibility going forward. And we know the Nuggets like to keep their own guys in house. We've seen that time and time again. I think Denver operates under the assumption that in most cases, obviously this isn't a blanket statement, but 
they'd like to spend on their own guys instead of kind of going out into the unknown. They they like to know what they have, and they know what they have, I think, with Gary Harris, Barton, and Beasley. And to pay all three, obviously the guy that they've got to pay right now or next is Malik Beasley, who is eligible for that rookie extension right now and can get that rookie extension up until the final day before the regular season. If not, he'll be a restricted free agent next summer, so Denver will still hold those match rights. They could still match any offer sheet he signs, so if they don't get an extension done, doesn't mean by any means that he's not going to be a nugget after next season. I think Denver would very much like to re-sign Malik Beasley. I'm not sure what type of money he'll be looking for. When when you look at the Levert extension like Connor brought up there, Levert signed for three years, $32.5 million. It's around $17.5 million per year. I can't see Malik Beasley getting more than that. I think he'd actually be fine getting less than that. I mean, if you're paying him around Will Barton money, I think that's something Beasley would take, just speculating there. And that's closer to 13-14. If Denver offers Beasley that type of money, I think they got a good shot at keeping him, at least for the next couple of years. And it's funny, I was looking at Beasley stats and Levert stats side by side. Levert played a few more minutes per game than Beasley did last year, around three minutes per game. So his counting numbers look a little bit higher, look a little better. But if you look at his per 36 numbers, Malik Beasley averaged 17.6 points. 3.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists per game. Levert averaged 18.5 points, 5.1 rebounds, 5.3 assists per game. Uh, so Levert, his stats look a bit more well-rounded. He's more of a guy that the Nets put the ball in his hands to kind of initiate stuff from time to time, whereas uh, Beasley's more of a play finisher for the Nuggets. In terms of their like efficiencies, Malik Beasley had a 53% true shooting percentage last year. Levert was up at 61, so Levert a tad more efficient. But Two guys who I think are at similar stages in their careers. The Nets obviously want to build with Levert, and I think depending on how Denver handles this negotiation with Beasley, we'll get a good sense of how Denver thinks of Beasley kind of in their long-term plans, if he's in those plans or not. In terms of would Barton or Beasley be trade candidates, I wouldn't put any of them in like a trade candidate group right now. The sense I get is that Denver wants to bring this group to training camp and start the season. Things can change at that point, though. It's probably a bit of a fluid situation to you know, see what the rotation shapes up as. If anybody is kind of on the outside looking in, if anybody doesn't fit like Denver thought they would, and then maybe evaluate things at the trade deadline, maybe one of those guys becomes a candidate then if they're maybe the odd man out. But right now, I don't think anybody's a likely trade candidate. And you know, if I had to speculate. I'd say Denver rolls with this roster and then just sees how the season kind of goes. And then, of course, adjustments can be made. And yeah, maybe they do look to make a deal, but I'm not going to sit here and say any of those guys are likely trade candidates right now. So thanks for the question, Connor. If you guys do have questions and you're BSN Denver subscribers, leave them on bsndenver.com. At the bottom of every story of every podcast that we post, there's a comment section available for only BSN Denver subscribers. If you guys are out and about this weekend, if you're at the park with some buddies, if you're up in the mountains, if you're going to a bar, make sure you're drinking beers from Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery has my personal stamp of approval. They've got everything any beer enthusiast would want from light beers to darker beers, vanilla porters. Their oatmeal stout is amazing. Their avalanche is great. Their new beer called Strawberry Sky is my favorite beer of the summer for sure. It's good for every occasion. 
like I said, if you're just chilling at the park with some buddies, if you're up in the mountains, if you're hiking, you want to enjoy that beer at the top of a 14er, make it a Strawberry Sky. It's my favorite beer of the summer. You guys won't be sorry. Make sure to pick up any Breck beer at your local liquor store. They've got so many different choices, so many different types of beers. Like I said, from light to dark, ambers, porters, they got everything you could want. And also we've got the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com where you'll be able to see all the events that we have planned with Breck Brewing. Of course, we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So make sure you RSVP and get on the list and get in and you know talk sports with us at all these events that we do. We'll be doing a lot of watch parties throughout the year. And I can assure you the Breck brews will be flowing. Let's hit a quick break. On the other side, I'll get into my breakdown of what I think Denver's bench rotation will look like next season. Go player by player, guys who I think will be in the rotation on a nightly basis. Also go over who I don't think will be in the rotation on a nightly basis and how these minutes may be divvied up. We'll be right back. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented as always by Total Beverage, where BSN Denver listeners can get 30% off their purchase of $25 or more. Let's get into breaking down the Nuggets bench and how I think this rotation could shake out. The guy who I'll start with is who I think will be getting the most minutes per game off the Nuggets bench, and that's Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, in my opinion, is the biggest X factor for the Nuggets this season. I think still, and now we're well past free agency, obviously. We're well past July. We're well past even when this trade was made. I think Jeremy Grant is still the most underrated move of the summer, just league-wide, or one of the most underrated moves for sure. I think depending on how he fits in with what the Nuggets are doing and based on what he did in Oklahoma City, based on the type of high IQ player he is with his skill set, with his intangibles, and just with his character, and from what I've heard about him, I think it will be a seamless fit. But if he fits in that well and he really pops with this Nuggets team and he's able to compliment Nikola Jokic really well when he's playing on the floor next to him and he's able to play four and play some small ball five and really defend a lot of those high-scoring wings from Paul George to Kawhi Leonard to LeBron, spend some time on Anthony Davis. Like Jeremy Grant can guard all of those guys. He's guarded all those guys before. But if he's able to do all those things, and I think there's a really good chance he can, he lifts Denver into a contender status. I think he is definitely one of the X factors that can push the Nuggets into that contender tier. I think Jamal Murray taking a leap is one. 
if Denver's able to maintain their level of defensive awareness and top 10 defensive rank from a year ago, I think that's two. But you could saw Jeremy Grant really coming into Denver and joining this Nuggets organization and really popping as 1A or 1B to any of those 2X factor topics that I just listed. I think he could be the difference between what Denver was able to do in the playoffs last year, getting to the conference semis and getting to one win away from a conference finals and potentially making the conference finals and winning the Western Conference. I think Jeremy Grant could be that difference. I think he's the ultimate X factor for the Nuggets this year, and I think he could really be the difference in moving this team up a tier into that contender status. He's a move that still is not getting talked about enough. Not surprising, though. It's Denver. That's fine. You can save all the talking for us here on the podcast and you know for the rest of Denver. So I've got Jeremy Grant right now pegged at 25 minutes per game. It's the same amount of minutes per game that I have Millsap playing. I think there will be times throughout the season where Jeremy Grant's playing more minutes per game or more minutes in this game or this game than Paul Millsap is. He's a heck of a lot younger. Like Jeremy Grant, he's a lot younger than you think. He's only 25 years old, and he can fit in a number of different spots. He can play the four next to Jokic. He can play the four next to Plumlee. He can play the five next to Paul Millsap or the five next to Michael Porter or you know a small ball four. I think defensively, he can play some three. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe he's playing the four next to, say, a Torrey Craig. But Jeremy Grant is the guy guarding Paul George. Torrey Craig is the guy guarding Montrez Harrell in some of those circumstances. Or if Denver is matched up against the Lakers, I think you have Jeremy Grant checking LeBron James, where, you know, if he's playing next to Will Barton at the three, Will Barton checking Kyle Kuzma. So I think defensively, he can be used in a variety of ways. He can defend a lot of small forwards out there. And he's just so versatile. And I think he's got a skill set that is expanding. I don't think we've seen the total extent of his skill set from what he did in Oklahoma City. I think there's more to his game. Last year, he played a lot for the Thunder. 33 minutes a game. I mean, he was the Thunder's starting power forward. I'm predicting that he's going to come off the bench at least to begin the season in Denver. And if things go well, I think they'll keep him on the bench. Uh, but I think the Nuggets still want Paul Millsup starting, of course. But Jeremy Grant will play a heavy role off the bench. And obviously, Grant's presence allows Denver to really dial back Millsap's minutes and rest him more, load management him more. I think we'll see Millsap take a lot more games off next season than he did last season. He really didn't take any off last season until the end. So uh, Jeremy Grant, I think he'll be playing the most minutes per game for Denver off their bench. Gone pegged that 25 right now. And again, I think he is the ultimate X factor for this team next season. Moving on, next up off the bench unit, I've got Malik Beasley right now pegged at 22 minutes per game. And and you might look at that number 22 and say, hey, he played 23.2 minutes per game last year. You really think he'll play less minutes this year than he did last year? And that 23-minute-per-game number, it's a bit inflated because Malik Beasley started a bunch of games last year. He appeared in 81 games but started 18 of them. And throughout the year, a lot of times Malik Beasley was playing 30-plus minutes a game because Gary Harris and Will Barton were out of the lineup. Uh, So they were inflated a bit there, and obviously I'm counting on Denver to stay a little healthier this year than they did last year. That's probably why his minutes, I think, could drop slightly, but... I'm excited to watch Malik Beasley next season. Uh, Based on what he did last summer, and I've chronicled this at length over the course of the last 12 months, but the work he put in last summer was impressive. 
just a renewed commitment to his body, to his game last summer. He got with a new trainer who he's still with right now. And you saw the results last year. The consistency with his shot was there. He was expanding his game offensively. He was playing more confidently. And I'm expecting his game to expand even more next season because he's back at work this summer you know, from what I've heard. And he's hard in the gym, uh, working on his skills as a playmaker, as a creator, kind of trying to expand his game even more. And if he's able to grow this summer and take the leap this summer that he did last summer, man, he could be setting up for a huge season. Now, I do think there's a chance and a pretty good one that Denver could have somewhat of a competition, an open competition for that starting small forward spot once training camp and the preseason rolls around. And I think Beasley will be in that competition with you know, a Will Barton, with a Torrey Craig, with maybe a couple other guys here and there. And hey, if he's able to win that competition, his minutes will definitely go up uh, because he showed last year that he can be a fixture in the starting lineup. He posted really solid numbers as a starter, around 17.5 points per game when he was a starter. So uh, he, he's shown he can play heavy minutes and produce before, and I think he'll have a very prominent role off the bench next season once again. We got him pegged for around 22 minutes per game right now. And moving on to Monte Morris, another central figure to this bench unit, I've got him pegged at 20 minutes per game at this current juncture. And again, that's a slight dip from what he played last year. He averaged 24 minutes per game last year. But like Beasley's dip kind of coincides with me believing Denver will stay a little healthier. Uh, same goes for Morris. And, you know, really, I think Denver's expecting another big year from Monte Morris. Last year, he kind of established himself as one of the more reliable and just flat out best backup point guards in the league. Never turned the ball over for most of the year. Led the league in assist-to-turnover ratio. There was just this crazy stat that's been floating around on Twitter, but Monte Morris only turned the ball over like eight times when he was driving to the hoop all season long. Just a stupid low amount for a guy who played as many minutes and had the type of responsibility and had the ball in his hands for as much as he did last year. And speaking about Morris and this Nuggets bench unit from a bit of a higher level, a bit of a macro level, I think Denver is going to try to recreate that lineup combination that really excelled featuring you know, four bench guys last year and Jamal Murray. If you guys remember, this was a lineup that Denver played a ton over the first half of the season. It featured four bench players, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Trey Lyles, Mason Plumley, and Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is the one starter there, and he kind of played off the ball with that unit with Monte taking up most of the ball handling duties or at least the primary ball handling duties. And that lineup played really end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, those kind of stretches. I think Denver wants to try to create that, or at least I would try to recreate that. And of course you can just move Jeremy Grant into that Trey Lyle spot and you have everybody else returning. It was a great lineup last year, 108.4 offensive rating, 103.1 defensive rating, 5.2 net rating, and it was better at the beginning of the year than it was at the end of the year. Uh, I've talked about this at length, but that bench unit lost a bit of mojo around the All-Star break when Isaiah Thomas came back and were never really able to regain that early season form. But just looking at the top couple guys on the bench unit, I think they're all going to factor in heavily to Denver's plans. Right now, I've got Monte Morris pegged at around 20 minutes per game. That could go up on some nights. That could drop a little on some nights. But I do think the Nuggets would like to play that same kind of bench unit that they did a year ago, heavy minutes, the Morris-Beasley, 
now Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Jamal Murray lineup because when it was really clicking last year, it was super effective. Before we move on to breaking down the rest of the Nuggets bench rotation, got to remind you guys that Total Beverage right now is giving the BSN fam 30% off of your purchases of $25 or more if you use the code BSN2019. You got to use that code online or on the Total Beverage app, which you can download from the App Store, on iPhone, on Android, whatever phone you're using. As you guys may or may not know, Total Beverage, well, they deliver to most of the metro area. If you're in Lakewood, if you're in Boulder, if you're in Aurora or Brighton, you can sit on your couch, order Total Beverage on your app and have it delivered right to your home. They have the lowest prices in the state. And also, this is really the best part about Total Beverage right now and why you should hit them up. They now offer CBD products. From drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. You guys, don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. And better yet, you don't even have to leave the comfort of your own home. So I've broken down the top three guys, or at least who I envision will be the top three guys off Denver's bench unit to start the season. Next up is the guy who I've got penciled in as Denver's ninth man right now. That's Torrey Craig, who I've got penciled in for 15 minutes per game at the moment. And Craig was like a jack of all trades for Denver last year. Like he played 20 minutes a game, appeared in 75 games, 37 starts. He was really one of Denver's premier plug and play options last year when injuries hit that rotation. Super durable. He'd do anything the Nuggets would ask of him. He'd play any role the Nuggets would ask of him. You know, he'd be fine sitting on the bench if Denver was fully healthy and not really getting significant minutes, maybe being called upon for a defensive possession here or there and try to get a defensive stop. And that's the beauty of Torrey Craig because he's fine doing that. And he's also fine, you know, busting his ass and playing 25, 30 minutes a game. He's fine in whatever role Denver needs him to play. He knows all about the team and he's ready to contribute whenever he's called upon. It's one of Torrey Craig's best attributes. And I think that's kind of how he's going to be used again next season. Maybe he'll have a spot start here or there if Will Barton gets injured or Gary Harris gets injured for a game or two. Maybe he'll not play some games if a certain matchup doesn't really require him. I think he could play more against teams like the Clippers or the Rockets or the Lakers where Denver needs as many top perimeter defenders as possible. Maybe he won't play in as many games against, I don't know, the Timberwolves or the Sacramento Kings. But I do think Torrey Craig is a guy who... While he could be a mix-and-match guy during the regular season, he could be somebody that Denver turns to in the playoffs for more significant minutes, like they did last year. He was a pretty central figure in both series against the Spurs and the Trailblazers. You can just look at his minutes per game and tell. He averaged 20 minutes per game in the regular season last year across 75 games. He averaged 23.5 minutes per game in the playoffs and started 11 of Denver's 14 playoff games. I could see him being used in a similar way this year. Maybe he doesn't start 11 of Denver's 14 playoff games, but I could see his playing time get increased and the games where Denver's going against those really high-powered offenses and in the playoffs as well. So right now, I've got Torrey Craig pegged as Denver's ninth man, playing around 15 minutes a game. So next up is Mason Plumley, a guy who is definitely going to be in Denver's nightly rotation. Like I think Mason Plumley will play in every game that he suits up for for the Nuggets last year. I don't think he's going to be getting any DNP CDs like he did on a couple of occasions for Team USA this summer. I think he will be in the Nuggets' regular rotation, but how many minutes he gets, I feel like it's kind of up in the air because right now he is going to enter the season, in my opinion, as the fourth big on the Nuggets' depth chart. Fourth big behind 
Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, and then Mason Plumley. Last year, Plumley played 21 minutes per game. Right now, I've got him pegged at 10 minutes per game. The biggest reason for the decrease, Plumley logged a lot of minutes last year next to Nikola Jokic in the front court. Jokic played the four, Plumley played the five. That combination was very good. The Nuggets were very good last year when those two played together. But I think they only played together because Denver just didn't have many better options at power forward. It was a good combo. But because Trey Lyles really faded last season for really the entire year, he was just not great from game one on last year. Denver, I don't want to say was forced into that alignment, but that was their best option. You know, when they were trying to play two bigs together, the Plumlee-Jokic option was their best combination of guys that they had available outside of Jokic and Millsap. Now with Jeremy Grant, I'm not sure how many power forward minutes are available for Plumlee. In fact, I don't think many at all, if any, are available to Plumlee. Because Millsap is a better option there, I believe, and Grant is a better option there, I believe, as well. Backup center is kind of the one spot that's available for him to get minutes at, in my opinion. And I'm under the belief that I think Paul Millsap at backup center with the bench unit might not be a bad option as well. So I wouldn't be opposed if I'm the Nuggets to trying out that look a little bit with Millsap at that backup center. Because if you could envision the substitution patterns for Nuggets a bit, they start every game with Millsap and Jokic in the front court. That first sub maybe is Grant for Millsap. And then you bring Millsap back as the small ball center with the Nuggets bench lineup. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I wonder if the Nuggets will try that out. If they do, that probably cuts into Plumlee's minutes even more at the five. So the biggest reason for his decrease doesn't have anything to do with him. I think Plumlee had a great year last year. He was phenomenal in the regular season. I think he gave Denver one of, if not the best, starting and backup center combinations in the league. He did fade in the playoffs. He wasn't as nearly as effective in the playoffs as he was in the regular season. You could say that for Denver's entire bench unit. But I don't know where just the total minutes come from next season, looking at this roster and depth chart with Jeremy Grant here, with Paul Millsap still here, obviously Jokic playing 30-plus minutes a night. So right now I've got Plumlee pegged as Denver's 10th man, playing around 10 minutes per game. And that brings me to the final guy who I have minutes penciled in for here. Uh, There's six minutes up for grabs. And I gave those to Michael Porter. And, you know, maybe I don't envision Porter playing six minutes a game every game. Obviously it's not going to happen that way. Maybe there are some games where he plays 10 minutes, some games where he plays 15 minutes, some games where he doesn't play at all. I could see that scenario unfolding, so I just kind of settled on six minutes for him. It's going to be fascinating how this storyline develops with Porter. If he's in the opening night rotation, Michael Malone told me at Summer League that he can definitely contend, and you know he would be surprised if he wasn't in the rotation on opening night. And all the reviews you hear from people around the team throughout the summer, and they're still coming in. Porter has looked great. He's looked every bit as advertised. Now, he's got to be able to stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do yet. And the thing about Porter is he's a difficult player just in terms of his skill set, which you know is incredible. For a 20-year-old to have the skill set that he does, you know, he can be a generational type of scorer. He just has those natural gifts, the size, the intangibles, the coordination, the killer instinct. 
you know, he's been that type of transcendent generational talent before. And, you know, talking to people around the team, it seems like he still flashes that. But a guy that's so score first like Porter is, maybe a little tough to integrate into what's been such an equal opportunity, unselfish, free-flowing Nuggets bench unit over the last couple of seasons. I don't know. Maybe he will be. It was like a seamless fit, but it just seems like his score first approach might just not be the easiest guy to plug and play. You know, like Torrey Craig, who is just an off ball mover and a defensive first guy and somebody who's fine just standing in the corner and just working off of Jokic to get his shots, backdoor cuts, just finding the soft spot in the defense. That seems like an easier player to integrate and just kind of plug and play on a bench unit than Porter does. But also Porter is a rookie too. And, you know, rookies tend to struggle in the NBA, no matter what kind of skill set they enter the league with. So it will be fascinating to see how that storyline develops. And if he is in the nightly and game in game out rotation and he right now is, I guess the 11th man in my mind for the nuggets. And that does mean that I don't really envision any minutes on a United tonight basis for Wancho for Laco Chanchar for, Jared Vanderbilt, who I think could definitely use some more G League seasoning. Obviously, Bull Bull is on a two-way contract. Tyler Cook is on a two-way contract. They don't envision those guys getting regular rotation minutes. So that's a little bit of how I see the Nuggets bench breakdown coming. I've got Grant penciled in for 25 minutes, definitely playing the most out of anybody on this bench. Monte Morris at 20, Malik Beasley at 22, Torrey Craig at 15 minutes a game, Mason Plumlee at 10, and Michael Porter at 6. All in all, I think Denver, like I said at the top of the show, is going to rely on their bench maybe more than any other team in the league. I believe that because they got that taste of the playoffs last year and because they were able to advance a couple rounds, they believe that you know they can get to that contender status this season. And I think they'll be saving a lot in their tank and leaving a lot in their tank for that final playoff push and just trying to conserve more throughout the regular season than they've done in years past. And a big way to conserve is relying on your bench a lot. That's what I envision Denver doing next year. But let me know what you guys think. If you're a BSN Denver subscriber, and if you're not, what the heck are you waiting for? Leave a question, leave a comment, leave a take at the bottom of this podcast in the comment section, which is only open to BSN Denver subscribers. And if you're not subscribed, you can get a BSN Denver subscription right now, which gets you Nuggets, Avs, Broncos, Rockies coverage. The Avs season is, is starting. I remember a couple years ago when it seemed like the NBA and NHL seasons kind of ran aligned and ran at the same time. NHL training camp is here, and it's September 12th. But you can get all that content, exclusive interviews, analysis, really just unparalleled coverage, in my opinion, for only $3.74 a month if you buy an annual subscription. So that would run you from now until September 12th, 2020. You also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver store when you get that one-year subscription. We got a lot more shirts coming out soon, so you guys will be able to rep them all year long. If you're not a subscriber, hit me on Twitter at Harrison Wind or in my email, wind at bsndenver.com. That's all I got for today. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, before we get out of here, gotta talk about the Green Solution for a moment because they have 17 Colorado locations right now and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. You can order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online right from your phone. And then all you got to do is head to the closest green solution for pickup. And 
If you use the code BSN20, you get 20% off your entire purchase.